so much of high performance is watching out for pitfalls, right? Like staying away from trouble. And 15 to 18 year old kids are full of trouble. And uh, you're going to see this. Like we'll share the link. This is the exact same presentation I gave to my team uh, in week six. And it's our data is in there, and it doesn't look like we're going to be district champs at the time. Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. All right, Coach Torrey, welcome back after a two-month hiatus from the Culture Classroom. Um, For those that have been following along for the last... Five years, you know, the football season happens for us and we go to football season. We kind of take a break from this podcast and kind of get back in the lab now of what we experienced during the season to kind of share with coaches, give back to y'all, and then get feedback um, from other coaches from across the country. I mean, I think I don't want to sound like we're big time. We have a lot of followers from all across the country, which is pretty cool when you start – hearing from coaches uh, about that. They listen to the podcast and they've gained value. Uh, it, it's meaningful that we're doing something that even if one person's listening, we're, we're making a difference in the coaching community. So those of you that are wondering when we're going to drop a new episode, we are now. Tonight's the night, baby. And uh, I agree. I, to me, it's not about, you know, what we're doing or who we're reaching or um, you know, what's cooking next. It's more about like, I, I value the sustained relationships that we've been able to build with other people. Yeah. For example, uh, I was on the phone this week, uh, with a coach that I have a great relationship with here in another part in Iowa. Uh, I consider him to be in my inner circle. He wants me to present at a clinic. Um, and again, my first thought when he asked me was, aren't you tired of me? Like, aren't people tired of listening to us? And Apparently not. So I'm always grateful for that. But it's a sustained relationship because when you can get past the surface level stuff of starting to get to know people, then you can really work on the important deep work. And uh, that's what I feel like this podcast has been able to allow you and I to do and then to share that with other people as well. Yeah. For for those that didn't listen to the surface up, I encourage you to go back and listen. That's when Coach Troy and I met for the first time uh, at the beach, which is never a bad place. Uh, so as uh, Thanksgiving coming around, Christmas coming around, I, I mentioned today I wish we were doing Thanksgiving at the beach. Uh, but um, to no avail, that's not going to happen. We're going to do Thanksgiving here in the SIP, and you'll be in Iowa. But, uh, yeah, I encourage you to go back and listen to that uh, series of podcasts that we called Surf's Up. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's just, you know, the fact that we knew each other through this podcast, you get to meet somebody for the first time. You talk about sustained relationships, um, lifelong friend, you know, and that, that's kind of yeah. how I view you that. It's, it's a lifelong friendship. Do we talk every day? No. Do we go a week without talking probably? Uh, yeah, you know, but it's just like that best friend you pick back up and you cannot see each other for a month, not talk to each other for a week, and you pick right back up. And, and that's the joy of this podcast that uh, and technology that we can be however many miles away it is. Uh, and still communicate and put together great content to to help people and to help each other. One thing I do is every time we do this, you're way smarter than I am, and it's a clinic every time that we do this. 
Um, I, I would not say that I'm way smarter than you, but I think that uh, we are a good team together, and yeah. I totally agree yeah. about the clinic. It has changed my coaching in infinite ways. Yeah, it has. Well, uh, we're going to continue with the Wilt Journal. We left off two months ago with Wilt Journal number one. You did this with your team. I piggybacked this with my receivers. We did it on Tuesday afternoons. And then it translated to receivers and linemen coming in. And then it went to our whole team doing on Mondays. So a big thank you to you um, for providing these. And then I add, edit, delete some stuff that kind of fits our team and put our stuff in there. But I think for coaches, this is a great framework as you're working into the postseason of what are some tangible things that I can do with my team to, to go a little bit deeper than the X's and O's. Uh, to get to know who those players are. That's one of the greatest things I think coaching is. You know, only one team can win a championship. But at the end of the day, how am I uh, impacting these young men that we coach every day? How am I preparing them to be a man in, uh, in life? And that's what the Wilt Journal, I thought, was doing, was um, kind of sparking those conversations that, that are hard conversations to have. And in, in, in their 16, 17, 18-year-old mind, they don't really do this, JT. They don't think on this no. level. So these are great platforms. Thanks. And I, what I like about it is it's totally organic. Like mm -hmm. when I started leading our team's culture this year, first of all, I was shocked. Like we had a new head coach who's in the Hall of Fame up here in Iowa, who I've coached all of his sons, um, but I wasn't really sure what he wanted me to do with the role of the team. And he gave me total autonomy. And I, I totally took it and ran with it and owned it and – we were better because of it. Um, the other thing was it was player led. So they were the ones that wanted this. So that allows me when you know your players and you listen to your players and you know the values that you stand for, it's easy to put it together. And the University of Georgia coach Kirby Smart, uh, he calls this it's like creative branding, right? Creative messaging. When you can take a tailored team message on a weekly basis and you factor in the things that make it different, make it special, make it unique, make it meaningful, make it personal. That's the skill, right? And so it's, it doesn't matter what you read. doesn't matter who you talk to. It doesn't matter what your team is going through. Um, these are just a way to help, help kids organize and help them um, buy into the process a little bit more. It, it, the Wilt Journal is all process-oriented. And uh, there's no way to quantify it. But I will say this year, I was talking to another coach in Iowa, and he said, Coach Tory, your Wilt Journal is directly responsible for three wins, three district wins this year that you have. And I was like, where do you get that number? I don't know. The hard part about culture is there's no way to quantify it, right? There's no statistics. There's no direct correlation. You can have the best culture and still be 0 and 9. Yeah. And uh, – I don't know. So the work that you do in that regard can't really be measured. And this coach went on to explain that we won three district games that were one possession games. And it's like that doesn't happen if you don't give your tools, equip your players with the tools that they're going to need to overcome adversity, to, to instill belief that they're going to be successful at the end of the night. And that's really what it's about, right? Like, Yes, we want to build relationships. Yes, we want to have elite culture. But at the end of the day, we need to win, too. Like, that's the fun part. Like, everything else can be fun in football. But if you don't win, it is a long, sluggish process. And that's where the critics come in. Yeah, I've heard before, and I think you've heard this old, winning solves a lot of problems. When you have problems within the team, winning solves a lot of problems. So uh, I echo that with you. Winning, 
winning is very important. Um, so as we go into this Wilt Journal, you know, you talk about creative branding with Kirby Smart. P.J. Fleck did that at Minnesota. I think he spends like an hour and a half to two hours with their creative media team of what the team meeting is going to be like and what that's going to look like. So creative branding is big. Um, I think the message that you deliver to a football team, since they only happen once a week, it's not like basketball or baseball where you happen to have like two or three games a week. It's one game on a Friday night or a, or a Saturday if you're in college or Sunday in the, or if you're in the NFL. But it's um, what message are you driving home to them and what are they hearing um, – what are the words that they're hearing? And then that's the same verbiage that you deliver on a Friday night speech. And then the same verbiage that you deliver during the game of reflecting back from that week of, hey, remember this week was about perseverance. So this week was about teamwork. Or this week was about the message that we're going to talk about tonight uh, with the Wilt Journal. Yeah, I, I think that's really important that you bring that up because you and I have written game day notes for a long time. And some weeks are better than others when I write my note. Like, I always try to foot, sprinkle in some football knowledge, and then I also try to sprinkle in some high truth, high love, all those things, right? Mm -hmm. And it kind of comes together. And uh, the Wilt Journal has really helped me refine my message, and that spills over and carries over into my game day note. So whatever I put together for the week for the Wilt Journal, that's what's going in the game day note. I think it, it really drives home the repetition of a theme. And then I also think uh, it makes it memorable for the player. Like, oh, yeah, I remember when Coach Torrey talked about this, and now I have it tangibly in this note where he talks about it again and how it translates directly to me. Yeah, it's all about experiences, right? It's what experience, what reflection, what, what memory can you jog back? Maybe it's 15 years down the road, and they look back at that note, and they remember an instance in that week in practice that translated to a game, and then for y'all winning a, a district championship. Y'all won a conference championships this year. So all those things add up um, to what we said earlier. Winning is important. Building young men into being amazing husbands, fathers, uh, all that, which I don't like saying that to 18-year-olds because they can't even fathom what it means to be a dad or a husband at that age. Uh, so I try to keep yeah. it, try to keep it uh, a little bit low-key of just what it means to be a great young man uh, in college or – at your house or when you're back home for Thanksgiving, if you're a college student, what, what all that looks like uh, for being an amazing human being. So let's jump into it. Cause I, this is one of my favorite yeah. ones. I know your wife got a little mad about one of these. <laughs> you had to so, do some purchasing. So without giving away too much, Wilt Journal yeah. number, number two is. Yeah. It's avoid the trap. That's what I call it. Right? Like so much of high performance is, watching out for pitfalls, right? Like staying away from trouble. And 15 to 18 year old kids are full of trouble. And uh, you're gonna see this, like we'll share the link. This is the exact same presentation I gave to my team uh, in week six. And it's our data is in there and it doesn't look like we're gonna be district champs at the time, right? By the way, first time since 2001 up here. So it's been a long time since uh, Denison's kind of been at the top of the district um but i just started out we we were this week we were playing a team that we haven't beaten in my time here right like we've had a couple close games but we hadn't really beaten them uh and they were 0 and five they were coming to our house and they were 0 and five and we were coming off a one score victory the previous week and three and two which doesn't sound sexy to a lot of people 
But up here, it's like, oh, man, you guys have a winning record. Oh, man, like you've got 0-5 Spencer coming to town. Oh, man, this should be, this is kind of the year. Like, oh, this is going to be an easy cakewalk. And Spencer, if you know anything about Iowa, they're physical, they're big, they're fast, and their record is very deceiving at this point in the season. So I went to Bombgars. You know, that's like our Ace Hardware or Menards or whatever. We have a Bombgars here in town. And uh, I literally bought 100 mousetraps. And my wife was pissed because that's $100 that we don't need to spend this. And what are you doing? These players don't care anyway. And blah, 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 right? It's and, about and so experiences. Like, experiences, experiences, right? Experiences. <laughs> 100%. And giving them something tangible in their hand. In fact, the whole time I was delivering this Wilt Journal to our team, you could hear the snap of the trap go off because 15, 18-year-old kids just can't keep them, their hands and their focus, right? That's right? But again, I want them to think, hey, remember when Coach Torrey went out and bought 100 mousetraps? Remember mm -hmm. when he gave us that? Remember when I snapped my finger and, you know, and whatever else? And um, it's a symbol, but at the same time, it's like I want that to be a right. physical reminder. And so the Wilt Journal starts off with just talking about what a trap game is. So we had a lot of momentum at this point in the season. Spencer had no momentum. And uh, and they came, they were coming to our place. It's about two, two little, little less than two hours away. Uh, so it's a, a kind of a long bus ride. Um, and we just talked, what is a trap game? And it's worse. One team is stronger statistically than the others. And then I, start, I gave them characteristics for what a trap game is or mm -hmm. what are the qualities. First of all, a trap game happens when you underestimate your opponent. And it's really easy. And I put right here the district standings at the time. Spencer, 0-5. Not a good football team statistically, right? Oh. Um, and then we talked about uh, the next part of a trap game. The next quality is noise. You start paying attention to everybody thinking, oh, man, this is Denison's year. Oh, man, the district is wide open. Oh, man, you, got, you guys have a home game against a, a team that hasn't won yet. This should be in, a walk in the park. Uh, and then the last part. Of a, of a trap game is when you start thinking about me you quit thinking about we and you start thinking about me uh and pat riley was the one that called it the disease of me right mm -hmm. where you start talking about your stats or you start talking about your playing time or yeah. you start talking about all the things that you're going to do to impact the game and to be the star and it's like those things are what cause a trap game to happen coaches how many times has your wife asked you, why are you getting home so late? I'm guilty of this too, and it's what sparked a conversation and eventually led to a playbook software. For my husband, it was the frustrations of time wasted on the busy work. Copying, pasting, nudging, rearranging plays, and making last minute changes to the playbook. And that's when it clicked. He made a list of features he wished Visio and PowerPoint had, and then created ProQuickDraw a plugin specifically for drawing playbooks, making scout cards and presentations in Visio and PowerPoint. Over three quarters of the NFL are using ProQuickDraw and thousands of colleges and high schools are turning to this platform because it's addressing the problems modern day coaches have. Do me a favor, find us on the web, ProQuickDraw, book a demo with one of our coaches and tell them the Culture Classroom podcast sent you and you'll get 15% off your annual subscription. Now get home to your wife. As I'm looking at it, I'm going through the Wilt Journal right now. And, uh, wow, I didn't know Spencer was that bad when I was looking at it. So when when you go to – you're looking at what a team's record is, and, and I love the we over me, and you know we see that all the time. 
You see, everybody has that graphic, the we and then the line and the me under it, right? Or big you, little me, all that stuff, or big me, whatever it is, right? They do all kind of cliche things like that. But I think the characteristics, when you start outlining stuff like that and kids start seeing it, they start processing, oh, I did, I, I do think that I'm going to make the difference in this game. Oh, coach say big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. Am I that player? Do I need to be that player? Or does it, need, does it need to be the team? Do I need to help on kickoff return? Do I need to help on punt? Do I need to help uh, as the backup offensive lineman and I'm playing scout team, do I need to give that guy the best? So there's all kind of intricacies uh, in that. But I, I love the fact that avoiding the trap, and we kind of hit it not at the same time, but it was a little bit down the road. We played a huge 7A school here, uh, lost in double overtime, or lost in overtime, excuse me, by one point, went for two. Didn't get it, you know. You're on the road. You got to go after it. And it's kind of sure. like, yeah. do, do you think you've arrived? And we have a slate coming up, and we're playing a, a team that's not very good. After that, and uh, you know, I asked our head coach, and I was like, "You, you view this as a trap game?" He goes, "I don't believe in trap games." So I didn't deliver that to the team, right? I did right. to our receivers. I was like. We, with us throwing the ball 35, 40 times a game, we cannot get in the habit of, hey, we just had a great game. One of our sophomore receivers had seven for 168 and two touchdowns against a team that's in the semifinals of the South. He's, they're in the South State Championship of the public school playoffs. And I'm like, guys, we got to keep going. You can't have this I've arrived yet moment because you haven't. You haven't done anything yet. Uh, so I love th – this was perfect timing. It just came a little bit later in our season for us. Yeah. But all these well, Wilt journals, and this is just the coaches that are listening, these are all applicable to what you do with your team. You can fit these and add, edit, delete, all that kind of stuff. So I got to give some more context here. And I, I took the screenshot directly off bound, which is our st stats and state mm -hmm. website. And there it is. Just here's the stats. You tell us where Spencer is is better than us in any of these stats. Uh, and it's not doesn't really exist, right? No. No. So, so this, that's what makes a trap game. So to, to, you know, we have the hindsight now of looking back on the season 2020, right? Hindsight's always 2020. Right. And Spence came out and punched us in the mouth. We were down two scores to start the game, and we're down two possessions at half. And for anyone up here in Iowa, Spencer, again, physical. They run uh, a double wing uh, type offense where, you know, it's flex bone. <laughs> mm. it's, they throw the ball four times a game. <laughs> and two of them are going to be for touchdowns. That's just their offense. Otherwise, it's give, give, give. Quarterback will pull it occasionally. But there's nothing sexy about it. They're just big physical. So I remember we're down two scores at half. And we're not playing very well. And they came out. They punched us in the mouth. And our kids were not ready for that. Um, and I said to our coaching staff, I'm like, we need to be ready to score right away. We had to go on defense to start the third quarter. Uh, because... Their offense, we might only have four possessions in the second half, and we're down two scores. So that means we got to get two stops, we got to get two scores, and we got to find a way to get that third one to win the game. You know how many possessions we had in the second half? Four. <laughs> and we scored, and we scored on all four of them. Oh wow! So Spencer kind of came out, gave us a gift right away. They fumbled. Uh, on the first possession of on the first play of the first possession of the third quarter, gave us a short field. We punch it in. And from there, it's like you could see the belief. 
But here's the magic, right? Because it's not just enough to give a mousetrap to a player. I think a lot of coaches do that. They say, hey, here's the message for the week. You can't just define it. You actually have to give them tools mm. to overcome that. Mm -hmm. So the, the second part of the Wilt Journal here, and, and by the way, for the record, we went out, we beat Spencer, and I mean, they were shocked. Our players were shocked. And then when we overcame it, it was really like a gelling point for our team wow. in the season. Like, hey, we can... We can't, we aren't the same Denison team that it's been the last 20 years. We are different. We are uh, special. And so the first thing that I did when we talked about how do you avoid the trap is I literally made them right. And you'll see on, on number one, there's a bunch of blanks. I literally made every kid right. Spencer is a good football team. Mm. And I told them that they were coming to win. They were coming to kick our ass. That's literally what I told our team. But I think by writing it out, by putting it out in the universe, the psychology says, I'm not going to let this game sneak up on me. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, hearing you say that, we had talked about what that is and what you put on that blank. And I had our kids do that. But hearing this again, the psychology part of it is just like when you go and study notes. Like the more I write something down, I'm not talking about typing, taking a pen or a pencil and putting it to paper. It's like what Sam Pittman says, if we're going to put it on the piece of paper, that's what we're going to do. It's, it's the psychology behind this is what this says this is, and we're going to do this, and we're believing this because, you know, saying that East Rankin is a good football team or whoever is a good football team, putting that in, and look, we're talking about 16, 17, 18-year-olds. Right. They see the record. Because they see the record, they're like, oh, and five. Oh, pff, we got this. Right. And then you get punched in the mouth and then you start thinking, oh man, this isn't even a good football team. Oh man, like you start to go the other way. Right. So if you put it into the universe of they are a good football team, they're coming to kick our ass and we're not going to let them, no matter what happens, no matter how this game goes, and this is 24 hours before kickoff, right? Yep. Then at least you're starting that mental process of I need to be ready for a battle. Yeah, uh, and then number two, the second part of how do you avoid the trap? It just straight comes from New England because no one does this better than Bill Belichick. But you actually have to ignore your job, ignore your noise. And how do you do that? You do your job. Yeah. And I know that's cliche. And I know that sounds hokey. And kids have heard all that before. They've heard that coach speak from us before. But there is no substitution for execution. Yeah, like I if we don't score on every one of those – uh, four possessions in the second half, then we don't win the game, period. There's no, If we don't score, we don't win. Well, so especially when you're down late in the game against a ball control offense, you have to execute. And on defense, we had to execute. We had to get stops and make plays when we needed to, and we were able to do that. But, again, cliche of ignore the noise and do your job, but so important for a high school kid. Yeah, so I'm, this takes me back, NFL lore, okay, to Malcolm Butler about ignoring the noise and doing your job, of how you have to do your job every day at practice. Whether it's mundane and how much you have to watch film against good football teams, against not-so-good football teams. But the pick that he had against Seattle, about ignoring the noise. He wasn't starting. He wasn't getting all the fame. But he had seen that rep so many times. So that goes back to the, the we over me. He, he's yeah. the one that practiced that rep and got the pick. And, you know, the rest is history, which I don't know why Seattle didn't just run Marshawn Lynch and – gain a yard and, and whatever. I don't – that's not for us to discuss, right? But it's going back to Malcolm Butler of ignoring – and doing your job. Whatever your job is, at corner, at safety, at center, at 
running back or fullback, if those even exist anymore. But it's, you know, it's going back to ignoring the noise and doing your job, whatever that job is. And I think a lot of kids with the power of social media, they see me, 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 me. Can I get my huddle highlights out? Can I do this? Can I do that? Well, that's all noise to them because they're trying to get theirs when you should be just worried about getting your teams. Hey, what are my team highlights this week? What are our team highlights? Right. And I look, I get it with recruiting and all that stuff. I, I get it. But that that's part of the noise that comes around is on Saturday mornings, how many coaches get, hey, can y'all share the film? Well, you know, they're not going to watch the film. They want right. to go and watch their highlights. Um, but that's part of the noise and going back and doing your job. And it goes back to a long time ago when you said, is that monarch, monarch football or is that not monarch football? And I think you have those moments and you show them ignore the noise. And are you doing your job? There's so many, there's so many things that go in with the Wilt Journal um, that I just take away. And, um, I mean, you start talking about Bill Belichick, there's so many things in there. So many things. And he does it better than anyone else. And people write books on that. And, and again, it's cliche, but it's really important. Yep. And then I can't, I can't present to our team without mentioning things from inside. And one is Adam Burns, who's not with us anymore. Uh, but his legacy is still living and breathing every mm -hmm. day in our locker room. And he puts it best. If you want to avoid a trap game, you have to truly believe. Those that are focused on continual improvement, the Kaizen men mentality, the 1% gains, you're never as good as you think you are, and you're never as bad as you think you are. Yeah, and the same is true for your opponent. They're never as good as you think they are. And Spencer, even though they were 0-5, they're never going to be as bad as 0-5. Yeah, I when I saw that, I just I go back to the Adam Burns podcast, which I hate throwing back to different podcasts that people need to go listen to that are listening to this. But you go look to listen to his outlook on life, being diagnosed with cancer, and and he was driving down the road and did a podcast with us. Um, so I, I just urge you to go listen to that one and and see what Coach Burns was all about uh, when he walked. So you'll get you'll kind of get that you're never as good as you think you are. You're never as bad as you think you are. He also said one of those quotes too, JT. Uh, is the greatest um, – I'm going to butcher it, but you, you, you know where I'm going with this. Um, the greatest uh, – oh, my goodness. The best you'll get is from week one to week two. Like the greatest uh, gain is from week one to week two. Um, that was another – 100%. Real the, the most improvement you yeah, make during it. a season happens from week one to week two. And yeah. – uh, yeah, you know, he's dri we're driving down the road, and he's telling us about the challenges he's facing. He's on his way to chemo. Yeah. Right? Like, let, let that sink in. He, he's worried about me and my time, and he's literally on an hour drive to go get chemo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, th and then number three, I, the third part, because, again, they need a skill, and it's we, not me. Right? And how do you do it? And the best book that I read in 2023 so far, out of the 74 that I've read already, uh, there's still a little bit of time left here <laughs> in 2023, but it's called Once a Giant, and it's all about the 86 Giants. And there's two things that I took away from that book that impact culture and Wilt Journal more. <laughs> Excuse me. One is from Mark Bravaro, um, and he talks about people play their best when they play for each other. Mm -hmm. And that is so true, right? That is high truth, high love. When you can look next to the guy, your brother next to you, um, 
you know, might not be the same skin color, might not have the same background, might not, might not even be in the same town anymore, you know, like might live in a different part, might have a different experience, has totally different childhood, might not know his family, whatever, but you can play for each other. That's when magic happens, right? When you don't want to let down the guy next to you. Uh, and that came from Mark Bravaro and there's just so much there, uh, from, from the 86 team. And then, the last part was Bill Parcells and he literally told the team going in uh, when he was hired in 1982 to run the giants. He goes, look, I'm going to give it every, everything I've got and you need to give me everything you got. Cause if we don't win, I'm going to be fired <laughs> and you're going to have someone else in you. Yeah. And it's like from, from that point on the 86 giants, they talked about that was a turning point for us because we were like, Oh man, this guy's vulnerable. He's real. Like he tells it like it is because everyone knows the NFL is a business, but He's trying to experience it. And uh, yeah, I just think those two things play for each other and give everything you have. And I talk about a mirror test in my book, but if you do those two things, if you can play for the guys next to you and you give everything you got, you can live with any result. That's right. And that's so true. I, I can't say it any better than that because when you start looking at playing for your teammate, and I'm going to share a quick story with you. We're playing in the semifinals. That's great. Uh, no, we're playing for the chance to be the number two seed. And we're playing at home. And in the third quarter, our uh, our right guard, who's a freshman, pretty big freshman, uh, gets his uh, forearm and he breaks his arm. Like right here. Breaks it. And the growth plate separates, all that stuff. You can see our quarterback saying, Block him with the other hand. Block him with the other, like, use your left hand. So you talk about, I'm going to give you everything I got. You got to give me everything you got. That kind of mentality came into fruition with our quarterback talking to a senior quarterback who's a Division I commit, talking to a freshman right guard of, like, I got you. Let's do this. Let's go. But then the other part of this, um, which I think is super special, is um, when you play for your brother. And look, that's. I had the blessing last Friday, you know, we got put out in the semis, uh, to go watch my old high school. And it was the first time I've been back since 2000. And, man, you talk about creating some memories. Uh, the guy I played with, who's our quarterback, is a head coach now. But then it goes back to 11 brothers are hard to beat. And that was our mantra. It was Highway 27 is where our high school is, but 11 brothers are hard to beat, Viking Vikings all the way, Viking Vikings here to stay. And that was what we broke it down on. So when you talk about playing for your brother, uh, that was in our high school's mantra of our high school football years uh, when we walked on Viking Field. So anyway, felt good to be back in the lab. Yeah, yeah. So like we've got more to come. Um, and again, the idea is take this, put your own data in, and uh, you know make it your own. Take the message. Do whatever you do, make it authentic because that's how creative branding happens. Like what what I do in Denison doesn't work with what Coach Weaver does in MRA, but the same principles can apply. So that's our hope. Give you some tangible tools and then share our journey and how we use it. And Coach Weaver, now that the season's over, we're only just beginning to put out new content. That's right. So stay tuned. To- For more episodes of The Culture Classroom, we're going to have uh, the whole list of Wilt Journals coming out. Um, I can't tell you weekly, bi-weekly, I don't know. 
but we're just going to put them out uh, since time is uh, a little bit more lenient now. So once again, for those listeners that have stayed with us, tried and true, and the new ones that are coming on board to listen to The Culture Classroom, we want to thank you for listening, and uh, stay tuned for more episodes in The Culture Classroom.